it's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had as much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. It's a major week, friends and fans. Welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, the 103rd PGA Championship is being contested on Keough Island in South Carolina. Today, we'll be talking to a player competing in this major championship. You can't stop him, so let's roll. Get excited. It's time for The Pro Show. West Coast music for an East Coast Major Championship week. Hmm, I see the connection. Yeah. The PGA of America is down in Keough Island, South Carolina for this year's PGA Championship on a normal schedule in mid-May. Love that word, normal. Don't you, though? Really do. It's fantastic. You know, this week's been anything but normal. And I'm so happy to be here with you on this Friday afternoon because um, it's time for me to, you know, run my mouth a little bit. I I counted this morning, and I think um, the grand total just just through this morning, I think I had written like 22 different things for PGA.com. Really? Yeah. It's, 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 it's They've just done a wonderful, wonderful job this week with content. And the PGA Coaching Live channel, you know, we had Steve on last week, and he was talking about the different things that they'd be doing. But um, from Tuesday through now, and the different feature articles and everything, and, and you know, everything that they're rolling out there, uh, it does have a PGA professional's take. It just happens to be mine and the the brand is ever growing, and sure. uh, we've we've done all sorts of fun things this week. We uh, did a little stick and hack reacts on Monday. We talked about all sorts of fun things, and then uh, let's see, midweek we did a little bet online, and my pick for the week was was definitely playing well yesterday in round one, and that's Victor Hovland. That's right, remember? And I have to uh, mention him again now, so I can go on the record because when he does win, comes Sunday. Right. We will be cashing in. It's going to be more than a laptop this time. I could tell you that much, my friend. Ooh, yeah, that. Yeah. So I'm very excited to be here this afternoon and do and talk and not type. So, um, you know, let's uh, let's have some fun with this. And, you know, who's not having some fun? Who are some of these players that are down there in the wind at Kiowa Island on the ocean course? But, you know, I you know, well, let's jump back for a second here. You know, we have a special guest this afternoon. I'm kind of all over the place because there's so much going on in the world of golf this week, and it's been a lot of fun covering all of it. But we have a young man by the name of Patrick Rada, and Patrick is a member of the team of 20 from the PGA of America. And he actually hit the first tee shot yesterday of the entire championship. And part of that is because he's from South Carolina and they're playing in South Carolina and he's a member of the team of 20, uh, a fantastic, fantastic guy. He is the head golf professional in a place called MacArthur Golf Club down in Hobe Sound, Florida. And yesterday he shot 76, four over, which is pretty good for a club pro. I mean, uh, you know, there were a lot of other guys. I mean, Rory only shot three over. Right. Sorry. Yeah. And he tied Dustin Johnson, the number one player in the world at four over. And, you know, you can't really make those comparisons, but he definitely I feel like he held his own and he he played good. He hit the first tee shot. He hit that in the fairway. So it was a fantastic start on behalf of the PGA professionals and the other 19 of the team of 20. You know, he held his role very well there. And we're going to talk to him. We're going to catch up with him in just a little bit. 
But right now, we got to talk about our round one leader, Corey Connors. And, you know, he shoots 67 yesterday, 10 of 14 fairways, 11 of 18 greens, 24 putts was really the story. Shoots five under, two shot lead going into today. And it definitely wore on him because this morning he went out early and he was all over the place. You know, it was a little bit of a rough start. Yeah. And you could just imagine, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, who is Corey Connors? You just know. thinking, I was just wondering who is Corey Connors. You know, Canadian guys played in 20 tournaments this year in the PGA Tour season. So it's not like he's a rookie or anything like that. His last two majors were the Masters, the one in November and the one in April. And he played both good in both of those. He's had seven top tens this year. So seven top tens in 20 events. He's definitely a really, really good ball striker. And this was a ball striker's paradise yesterday, which makes sense because it's windy down there and it's a Pete Dye golf course, very challenging. So when you look at the leaderboard, the guys like Corey Connors and you've got Keegan Bradley, Aaron Wise, um, Morikawa, Hovland, my man, right? And then you got you got Brooks Kepka, who was looking like you know one of the Brolin brothers with this goatee this week. It's just <laughs> awful. And then he had this he had this like patchwork hat on from Nike yesterday, which I guess was supposed to be like an ode to like the Low Country, right? And you know like seersucker or something, or you know like Madras shorts. I don't know what this thing was, but didn't it was, work for you. Oh, free bowl of soup with that hat. It was like. <laughs> It was, yeah, it's just, it was, it, it was awful. I mean, the, it, it was almost as bad as the shirt that uh, Jordan Spieth was wearing on Wednesday. So Wednesday's practice round day, Jordan Spieth had an Under Armour shirt. He's a big Under Armour athlete. He had this shirt on and had a big Under Armour X, you know, their logo. Right. But it was huge on the back. I mean, it almost looked like a PGA Junior League shirt, you know, <laughs> with like a number and his name on the back. It was, you know, and everyone was like, oh, he's got a target on his back. That's no, right. it, no, it's his Under Armour shirt. Anyway, the... Um, the leader, though, Corey Connors is at five under. You had a group of people after round one at three under, uh, which includes Brooks, Hovland, Keegan, Wise, Sam Horsfield, um, great young player there on the PGA Tour, kind of like your Sam Burns. Um, minus two, you got your defending champion, Morikawa. And he was kind of my biggest take from the first day, other than how great the golf course was in the competition, was that Morikawa is not ready to give up that Wanamaker trophy yet that he earned last August out of TPC Harding Park. And the other guy at minus two that has really got everyone's radar up, that's the one and only Mr. Phil Mickelson. Boom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Phil came out hot this morning. So, you know, it, can somebody over 50 win a major championship? It'd be kind of cool. You know, owed back to, uh, you know, everyone always talks so affectionately about Jack being, you know, in his mid-40s winning the 86 Masters. Well, you know, this thing could set up to be an epic competition. And I'll tell you, I got to give all the credit in the world to the championship team at the PGA of America. Now you're going to, I know you're giving me a look like I'm biased because I'm a PGA member, but give you looks, but they are doing things that are so cool. And they're not acting like, you know, the members at Augusta national are like, you can only watch so much of our content or, you know, the, the USGA, which is trying to be at times, I feel like all things to all people, the PGA of America, PGA members run golf tournaments for a living, right? And as someone who's run one for like 30 years, you know, for, for well more than half of my life, you know, I take a lot of pride in the fact that you want to have a first class tournament experience and you look at what they've done with the setup of the golf course and, you know, the way the holes played yesterday and the wind and all the Kerry Haig and the team put together. You got to be super proud and you got to look at the way that they are presenting all of this. I mean, yesterday you had 12. It was like almost 13 hours of coverage on ESPN and ESPN Plus, wow. which is awesome. You know, I mean, and they they had like 
four different streaming channels going at once, including the PGA Coaching Live, which was cool from the range. And you had PGA coaches there talking about what the players are working on and they're doing. And I, I just thought it was really cool. The golf course was certainly the celebrity, the number one celebrity at all of this. You know, second um, was certainly Brooks's hat, but first was definitely the golf course and the wind. And you, you want to talk about a stark difference between playing downwind and into the wind. And it's cool the way the golf course is set up because the way the wind blew yesterday, you either played into the wind or you played downwind. There wasn't a lot wasn't of cro- a, okay. wasn't a lot of crosswind, right? So if you played into the wind yesterday in the field, they were roughly 390 shots over par. Really? Okay, that's how hard it was, right? Wow. And then you turn it around the other way, right? And downwind, right? They all took great advantage and they were right around par. So, nice he, yeah, it's, it was crazy. It's, it's, if it's crazy, they, you know, they actually, um, scoring average was just under 75, which is probably right about where they want it to be. 17 played the hardest hole, which we thought it would be. 18 played the second hardest hole. So come Saturday and Sunday when you're finishing off that round, if you're part of that leadership group, then uh, oh boy, you're going to have your hands full. That's for sure. You had 12 guys in the 80s and you had seven guys in the 60s, which I think is a nice balance when it all comes together. The entire presentation I think has been a lot of fun so far. And I think that all the stories that are developing, even here through the second round, we're going to have, you know, similar weather all weekend. It's been beautiful down there. I think the whole thing is coming together to be a really, really neat championship. And, you know, I hearken back to what you said earlier. You go, I love that word normal. Mm -hmm. Well, I think this is going to be a pretty normal major. You know, I think the golf course is going to play its role, but I also think that the cream of the crop is going to come together and they are going to play some really fantastic golf. I think we're going to get presented with any number of fantastic storylines as the weekend continues here. And it looks like Saturday is going to be the windiest day. And then Sunday, the wind is almost going to shift and play a different way, which is going to give us a whole different feel. So a lot of variety down there in the low country, which I think is cool. And you know what else I think is cool, my friend? No. Is our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. I've heard of them. Our wonderful sponsors. Well, you know what? Golf season is here, and the New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is back on course offering introductory golf programs for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs. Led by PGA professionals, all programs provide an opportunity to experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. Help us continue to positively impact lives and communities through golf. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-12. Well, you know, there's a couple guys in the field that that have to make a call, and that's Rory at plus three and DJ at plus four after round one, JT at plus three. Um, some of your stalwarts, you got John Rahm at even, DeChambeau. Did you watch any of DeChambeau yesterday? Did you catch it? I did any? not. I did you, not. You are a busy man. I know I'm that. I'm a busy right? man. DeChambeau was, I, honestly, he he should be somebody that everyone should hire. Forget all his drone footage, right? You could have a drone follow him. If you want to do a course tour and show everyone your entire property, you should definitely hire Bryson DeChambeau to do it. Because not only is, you know, all of what he has to say entertaining, but he takes you all over the place. I mean, he was in, he was in, hitting from spots where, you know, he's in the long grass, he's in the fairway, he's in bunkers, he's doing all seas under trees. I mean, there are no trees there. I mean, he he is finding spots uh, completely entertaining. Uh, 
as entertaining as I felt like the whole day was. I I, I really enjoyed it, and I, I this morning was was a lot of fun. It's starting to get more serious this morning. Certainly, Corey Connors was feeling that, and uh, Phil's getting serious himself. But uh, you know who else has to be a little serious is our man Patrick Rada. And we're going to catch up with him just after the break, right? So it's 3.13 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with Team of 20 member Patrick Rada. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, he says I'm going to win big. He's on Johnson. Any quarterback that plays underneath him is going to look crazy, and especially if they got any skill set. Jay Williams. I'm just tired of talking about what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't do. I want to start talking about what Brett Brown needs to make them do. It's time to go to work, Brett. And Zubin Mahente. I can promise you, I am as passionate about sports as you are. It is time to go to work. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings starting at 6 on the new 920 ESPN. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects Sticks and Hacks every day. Your free membership entitled you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even around a golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. We spotted the ocean the head of the trail Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. It's exciting to introduce you to today's guest, Patrick Rada. He's a South Carolina native playing in his home state for the PGA Championship. His new home, well, he's the head professional at the MacArthur Golf Club in Hobe Sound, Florida. We caught up with him this week before his walk on the ocean. Of course. Patrick Rada, how is your week going so far? Well, it's been an amazing week. We, we got down this past weekend to Kiowa Island, beautiful part of the country, just south of Charleston, South Carolina. I've been able to play a couple practice rounds out at the ocean course, and uh, it is really, really in good condition. So I would say the week's going pretty good. I've certainly enjoyed my time down here, and I'm going to make it last as long as I can. Well, you know, we'll get a, get get further into the whole proximity of where you are and where you grew up in just a little bit. But I, I got to rewind the tapes a little bit. I got to go back to April because it's your fine play that earned you a spot on that team of 20. Now, take my listeners through this, right? So you go and you play in the PNC and you get done and there's a playoff. So kind of take me through your last nine holes, let's say, of the professional national championship, uh, a little bit of that roller coaster. and. You know, you fill in the details from there. Sure. So we had our, our PGA Professional Championship about three weeks ago in Port St. Lucie, Florida, which was great. It was a home game for me. I was able to stay at my house, sleep in my own bed. And, you know, a lot of us had played the courses before at PGA Golf Club. So there was certainly some familiarity with, with the course. 
you know, there's, they host several winter series events. And so I'd, I'd played there before and, you know, certainly had been preparing and planning to play this event and had high expectations for myself. Obviously I wanted to play well, didn't know how that would stack up because this was my first experience in the PPC and, you know, come, come the final round, I'm, I'm right there. I'm right in the mix, right in contention. I have a great front nine the last round, very steady, eight pars and a birdie. I'm not really paying attention to the scoreboards. I obviously know that I'm in pretty good condition as far as where I am. And, you know, I had a couple couple bad breaks there on 10 and 11, and which led to a, a double bogey and a bogey on 11. And all of a sudden, when the day had been going great, it was – you know, it kind of hits you and you say, all right, I, I need to get back to, to what was working on the front. The last six holes were a roller coaster. I threw three birdies in, intermingled with three bogeys. So a lot of up and down. Um, you know, felt felt good about how I'd played coming off the last hole. Unfortunately, the last couple holes were playing really tough and, and bogeyed the last. I thought it was still going to be good enough to qualify, but when I turned in my scorecard. They said, Hey, it looks like you're going to be in a playoff. So we want you to hang tight. A few more groups had to come in, had about a 45 minute wait to an hour wait. It actually was a good thing because it allowed me to calm down a little bit, resettle, refocus. And at the end of the day, we had five players for four spots, sudden death playoff. And so the percentages were certainly in my favor, but you got to go out there and perform. And I felt like if I hit good shots in the playoff, I'd still have a good opportunity to get through, which I was able to do. I had a great tee, box, tee shot on the shorter par four, great tee shot in the fairway, wedged it onto about 15 feet and, and, and tapped in for par, which was, was able good enough to get through. What's it like looking up at the leaderboard once you know you're through. So when that putt goes in on the first playoff hole, you know, the, obviously there's a rush of emotions, but can you recall one of the first couple things that kind of hit you? Yeah, it was, it was weird because, you know, I had about 15 feet for birdie. If I make it, I'm in for sure. Done deal. I roll it down. It just misses on the right side. I tap in for par and I walk to the back of the green. I turn around. There's another player who had a par putt of about eight feet. And if he misses, I know I'm in. So I tell myself, you know, I'm watching him, I said, he's going to make it. I'm planning him, you know, mentally preparing for him to make it because I don't want even to let, to let my mind go there as far as getting through. So I say, he's going to make it. The putt just misses on the edge of the hole. And at that point, you know, a, a wave of emotion, as I kind of just said, you know, it's over. I did it. And it was 73 holes. That's what it took ultimately to get through. And it was just a rush of emotion, joy, a lot of joy. Obviously, you know, you, you work so hard for something, you prepare for it, you hope it happens. But until it really happens, it does. it's not reality. You're hoping for it, but then it hits you. And it was just overcome with just joy and emotion. Just so, so happy. Yeah. I, I bet there's no doubt about that. I can, I can just imagine. And folks, 
If you're trying to imagine who that voice is today, we are talking to Patrick Rada. Patrick is one of that team of 20, and he started out in that professional national championship field as one of 312 men and women. He got down to that 20, and this week he's playing at Kiowa. Now, once you're in, you know, you have friends there. You said it's a home game for you because you work down in Hope Sound, Florida there, which is nearby. Um, you, you know, you start to get some messages and you, you go back to the club and, and then some people are excited and everything. Well, give me a great story about maybe an unexpected text message or um, just, you know, uh, an unexpected surprise reaction that you receive from somebody as becoming part of the team of 20. Sure. So. Being a home game, a lot of the members at MacArthur were well aware of what was going on that week. The Golf Channel was covering the tournament, so there was some some coverage every day. And so people were keeping up with my results, sending me encouraging texts. And then the morning of the final round, uh, I, I get a great encouraging text from a good friend of mine, Bill Parcells. Oh. And uh, really just – We've certainly played a lot of golf in these these last few years and have a great relationship. He's as competitive as they come. I'm I'm pretty competitive as well. And just sent me a nice note um, that I was able to kind of reflect on and think about that that back nine uh, as I'm trying to get it into the clubhouse and, and post a good score. Well, that's a pretty good tie-in for up here for my listener base in the New York metropolitan area. I'm pretty sure they're 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 well aware of Coach Parcells' competitive nature. There's no doubt. So it's nice that you had him driving you um, through that whole kind of nervous process and, and knowing that with somebody he's you know he guys coached through Super Bowl. So you know that that in and of itself is some nice validation going into a moment like you had to play in or the playoff and we keep bringing up this kind of theme of it being a home game. And what I think is really cool about your story is that the home game continues here at Kiowa, right? You're originally from South Carolina and you're an alumni of the golf team at the university of South Carolina. So um, how's the gallery stacking up this week for, you know, for your rounds there at the ocean course? Yeah. You know, it's great. Uh, South Carolina, really you're, you're on one of two sides, the University of South Carolina, you're a Gamecock, or Clemson University, you're a Tiger. And so the state is certainly divided. I've seen a lot of, a lot of Gamecocks down here, also a lot of Tigers. Um, just this afternoon, was able to, to meet our, our new head football coach, Shane Beamer. Very happy to have him aboard as a Gamecock. And uh, I, I certainly think the future is bright for our, our program. Uh, you know, that being said, tons of family. Uh, and friends down here supporting me this week. I grew up uh, about three hours away from Charleston, uh, up in Anderson, South Carolina. So, you know, it, it is a home game. South Carolina, is, it's, it's, a, it's a tighter-knit community, especially as far as golf. You know, if you've grown up playing golf in the state, you know, we, we all kind of know each other. It's, it's a small world, and, you know, I've got a ton of support this week, and it's been – been so much fun to share this experiment experience with them um, because you know if we're playing on the west coast of the United States it's, it's not the same you know I love hearing the emotion in your voice and it's obvious that you care but you know you're also in a very caring role and you've already shared with us how you've had some significant mentors like like a Bill Parcells that are currently there in your life 
But let's rewind a little bit because you are part of that team of 20. I, I am also a PGA professional. And, you know, I love to tell people and yell and scream here on the radio about how great golf is and how much fun it is and what it's like to be a PGA professional. But how did, you know, you played golf at University of South Carolina, um, great division one school. Maybe there were aspirations of playing on tour. I don't know. But how did your PGA journey begin? Well, you're exactly right. You hit the nail on the head when you're, Playing, at least for me, Division One golf at a high level in the SEC, your goal, at least mine was, was to play professionally full-time, be on the PGA Tour. As we all know, that's a very, very small percentage. When I finished college, I did not feel like my golf game was at a point to go do that. And my head golf coach at South Carolina, Bill McDonald, was a PGA member uh, during my time at school. He's a great player. Um, During my time at school, saw him playing some section at Carolina's PGA section events. And when I finished uh, college, I had a great kind of a heart-to-heart with him. Hey, coach, I'm not sure what I want to do with my career, my life. Um, Don't feel like I'm ready to go play full-time. And he put me in touch with another PGA professional, Billy Anderson, at Eagle Point Golf Club in Wilmington, North Carolina. Sure. That was really my first job. And it was just it, it was just the perfect situation for me to learn from Billy, to, to be at Eagle Point, to learn the business aspect, the teaching, to develop some of my teaching skills. And so those two individuals really got me started. Um, you know, talking 2010, 2011, that's really where the journey began. I mean, Billy Anderson is a phenomenal golf professional. He's part of the uh, mentorship of uh, Bob Ford. You know, he's a big part of that family. So you, you ended up in a really good spot there. You know, as, and as I think about that, you learned from one of the best in the biz. So you got to become a very well-rounded golf professional. Now, outside of being a member of the team of 20 this week, what do you enjoy most about going to the club at MacArthur and, you know, helping and taking care of the members? Well, I'm very fortunate, first off, very fortunate to be at a, a top-notch facility with an incredible membership. And so, one, I just count my blessings there. Uh, so, going into the club, you know, we have a, a fantastic 18-hole golf course designed by Tom Fazio and Nick Price. We're in the process of building a second 18-hole golf course designed by Bill Corr and Ben Crenshaw. And so, really, I don't look at it through the lens of going to work. Obviously, going to the club, I just enjoy it so much. And, you know, every day is a little bit different. Sometimes people ask me, you know, how do you spend your day? What do you do? How do you spend your time? And it's really hard to give them an answer because I wear kind of so many different hats. I might teach a little bit. I might be on the putting green starting starting groups as I talk to members that maybe I haven't seen in a few weeks, catching up with them. Obviously, there's administrative stuff. So, you know, it's just so much fun. There's really never a dull moment. And if there is a dull moment, maybe I grab one of the other pros and we, we go play a few holes. So it's, it's just the best situation. I couldn't ask for much more. MacArthur has, has grown so much since I've been there. I started there coming down seasonally in the fall of 2012 and just so thankful for the opportunity that Kevin Murphy, another PGA professional gave me there. And it's just, 
it, it's been such a fun ride. Well, I tell you, I know there's no doubt that you do enjoy it because I heard a story that you put out on Wednesday night at about 6.30 p.m. in the playoff. You earn your spot in the team of 20. You know you're going to the PGA Championship, but you got responsibilities at the club and you're back opening the shop at a quarter to 7 a.m. on that Thursday morning. Is, is that a true story that I've heard? Yeah, that, that is true. Um, for really the main reason, I couldn't sleep. You know, after after the final round, I was so excited that I woke up at about 4 a.m. and I said, you know, I'm just going to go into the club. Obviously, you know, I hadn't been there in a few days because I'd been playing the tournament and really was excited to get back to work to see some of the people that had been cheering me on while I was competing um, in the PGA professional championship. And so I did, I went in first thing, picked up some, some breakfast for the guys. And, um, you know, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Well, I'll tell you what, folks, we are not only fortunate, but we're also excited to have with us a member of the team of 20. His name is Patrick Rada. Now, one more question before we got to jump to a quick break, but the pairings came out the other day and you are going to be hitting that first tee shot. Just take me through what your process is because everybody in golf gets nervous about the first tee shot, but you're hitting the first tee shot of the entire 103rd PGA championship. Now I'm building this up now because you've done it, but you know, when you get to that moment, what are you going to rely upon? What can you share with my listeners that can help them with their first tee experiences? And what are you looking forward to most? Yeah, sure. Well, well, first off it's with that, honor, which it, it really is. I, you know, when, when I first got the news, I was so, I guess, thankful, you know, it would be the word, um, fl- flattered. I'm not sure, you know, being from South Carolina, they said, we want you to hit the first tee shot of the tournament. And I honestly wasn't sure if they were serious when I first heard it. Um, but now that it, it is official, um, it's a seven o'clock tea time. So my morning will start quite early. Um, I can only imagine I'll be up certainly before five o'clock just trying to, you know, start my routine, get ready, get to the course, have breakfast, warm up. And, you know, that first tee shot, um, have a great pairing with, with a couple guys that I've competed against in college, um, Cameron Tringali and Adam Long. So, you know, you want to, it's easy to say hard to do, but you want to treat it like, any other shot that you're going to have that day, you know, you go through what I call my routine, pre-shot routine. I pick a target. Uh, I would highly encourage anybody um, who's playing golf and always say aim small, miss small, try to pick a specific target instead of a very general fairway that you're trying to hit into. And and for me, you know, you just try to make a really uh, confident and committed swing and, you know, live with whatever the results are. You certainly, as I've played alongside the best players in the world here, they don't, even the best players don't hit every shot perfect. So, you know, you certainly, you, you try, you go through your routine, you try to execute the best you can, wherever it ends up, you go hit it again. Well, I'll tell you, this is great fun being with you, but we have reached a specific time and the end of the front nine of this interview. So we got to take a quick break, but we'll be back in a second. Folks, thanks for joining us on ESPN 920. More with the team of 20 PGA professional, Patrick Radin. 
Janae Ogwumike. Players, we've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision and we support her decision more importantly. And Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogwumike and Mike Golick Jr. are Janae and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN. Today's interview is brought to you by our friends at Beedratty. Beedratty is known for their irrationally comfortable Peruvian Pima cotton polos. But did you know they've branched into new categories? You must try like boxers, layers, button downs, and even performance fabrics with their Dratty Sport. The theme with all of their products is meticulous attention to detail. Details most companies choose to overlook. Be Dratty thoughtfully considers like our favorite Russell quarter zip where the front pouch is sewn into the garment and not topped on, allowing for a slimmer, less bulky fit. Shop the entire Be Dratty line at BeDratty.com and receive 25% off with our exclusive discount code KJS25. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Thanks for radio. I, I get a lot of that, too. As the Pro Show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with PGA professional Patrick Rada. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. It looks like a beautiful weekend coming in Kiowa, and here at home in New Jersey, watch some golf. Get yourself inspired and head out there yourself. With weather like this, it's certainly... Go time for golf. All right, folks, we are back this afternoon, and we still have with us Patrick Rada. Patrick is part of that PGA professional team of 20. He's competing at Keough Island on the Ocean Course in the 103rd PGA Championship this week. And we touched a bit. A bit upon this in just before the break, we know you're hitting the first tee shot, but you also, part of what's cool about this event is that as a member of the team of 20, you get paired up with PGA tour players. And you mentioned you're, you got a good pairing. Um, well, probably not, not a great pairing because you're an SCC guy and they're ACC guys, but you, you got some comfortable guys that you're playing with, but the whole experience this week is very unique for you and the other 19 team of 20 gentlemen, right? Um, do you have a couple cool stories that you could share, whether you were from the range or maybe you were in line at the buffet where you, you walked in and maybe you saw one of your, your heroes or somebody shared something with you that you feel like is really going to help your experience this week? Yeah, absolutely. You know, fortunately, through my time at MacArthur, being in South Florida, there's P, there are a lot of PGA Tour players that live in the area. So I've gotten to, to play with several of them the last few years which makes it a little more comfortable for me. So, you know, the golf course, it was just really interesting. You know, I've played a little bit with Louis Oosthuizen and phenomenal, probably one of the most beautiful golf swings in the game. And No doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's so beautiful. And he hits it, you know, a good ways, probably 20 yards past, past me off the tee and – we were just talking about the conditions at Kiowa. The, the last hole, the 18th hole, is a 505-yard par four. And the last couple of days has been playing dead into a 15 to 20-mile-per-hour wind. I have had three wood in both days. And I was talking to Louie at, at breakfast this morning, just trying to pick his brain about course setup. And it actually made me feel better because it, he told me he hit three wood in as well on 18. And that was only after 
hole 17, an iconic par three. Uh, we each hit three wood as well. So uh, planning on hitting a lot of fairway woods and long irons. That, that's really the moral of the story. Yeah, there's no doubt that Kerry Haig and the championship team has their work cut out for them, watching the weather, watching the wind, and then seeing whether or not they could push it to that 78-76, you know, the longest major ever. Um, granted, there's four par fives, but please, I mean, I, I, uh, I feel for you there, Patrick. Um, now, you mentioned where you work there at MacArthur Golf Club down in Hope Sound, Florida. And we've talked about one of your members, Bill Parcells, but there's another special member that's down there and he's had you know, some relative success in this event that you're playing in this weekend. And who I'm mentioning is none other than Nick Price. I mean, he's won the PGA in 1992 and 94. Have you been able, has he been in town? Have you been able to spend some time with him for the last month or so preparing for the PGA? Yeah, obviously Nick, uh, an incredible career, Hall of Famer, really former number one player in the world. And I've gotten to play, you know, a, a good bit with him over the years. Um, he's just such a great, first off, he's such a great guy. He's a guy you want to go out and play with. So enjoyable to be around. He still ball strikes it so well. Um, it's kind of silly, actually. I mean, it, his good shots are so good. They look like they're just painting the flagstick. The ball's just coming right down on it. And even his bad shots are, are still within 15 to 20 feet. I mean, it's just amazing. So, you know, I've certainly – he played a lot of PGA champions, played a lot of majors, three-time major winner, two-time PGA championship winner. And so I was able to play with him last week. And, you know, we talked a little bit. He gave me some great kind of advice and just a few keys to be aware of leading into the tournament. But, no, I can't say enough good things about him. He's just – He's had such a great impact on me, and he's helped me tremendously. You know, I is there anything specific that you could share, though, that somebody like that who has won at that level? I mean, he, Nick was eventually at one point number one in the world, right? And, you know, I love the way that you articulated the way he, you know, paints the flagstick with the laser irons that he hits, right? But, I mean, when you hit good iron shots, you you paint the flag as well, like, What's the difference? Well, I'll just brag on Nick real quick. And, and I don't know if he'll hear this or not, but I saw a clip uh, within the last few months. And, and the question was posed to Tiger Woods, who the best ball striker he had competed against in his career. And he took a second to think about it. And he said, Nick Price. And that wow. really, it, it blew me away. It, it you know, that is it's such an incredible compliment coming from one of the best, the best player ever, certainly of my era. And that, that really struck me. So when I say he paints the flag sticks, he really does. And, you know, obviously, you know, when we play together, we have some great matches. He's, he's so fun to be around. Um, but I, no, I don't think there's, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't competed on the PGA tour. Obviously he's retired now. So, you know, I would say, our games are, are fairly comparable, but in his peak, in his heyday, in his, you know, the, the peak of his career, I mean, he was, he was a machine. I mean, they used to say that he could pick out the divot in the fairway that he wanted to, to roll his driver over. I mean, it was like he was that zoned in on where he wanted to hit it. 
Well, just listening to you, there's no doubt. And folks, if you're wondering who we're listening to, it's Patrick Rada. Patrick's a member of that team of 20. He's a PGA professional down at MacArthur Golf Club in Hope, Hope Sound, Florida. And, you know, moments like this in your career define us, right? And it gives you a chance to be retrospective. And we've all had a crazy year. So when you look back, I mean, there's a lot of things that have happened. It is showing up for this and, and qualifying for the ocean course. Is that your proudest moment or, you know, has, has something else happened that you, is, you feel all equally as good about? Well, you know, from a career perspective, I would say this is certainly the highlight, you know, growing up and competing in junior golf and college golf into kind of some semi-professional golf. I, I've always dreamed of playing in a PGA tour event, uh, I, I honestly <laughs> didn't think it'd be a major, but I'm certainly, you know, beyond excited for the opportunity. Um, I, I just couldn't have imagined this, you know, I had hoped for it and I had dreamed for it, but then it, it all came to fruition. And, um, you know, from a career perspective, I would say this has to be the highlight for me. You know, I have, it's it's going to be tough to beat and the timing of it being in South Carolina just makes it that much more special. Well, you know what? It's been special being with you here today, but there's one little tradition that we like to do here on the pro show. And there's no doubt you're a pro. I mean, you're there at a major championship, but my listeners love a little rapid fire Q and a, we love to get to know our, our guests at a little bit more of an intimate level. So, I mean, if you're up for the wind at Kiowa, you've got to be up for this. You ready? Yeah, this will be a good preparation for that first tee shot. So uh, get me get me a little kind of uncomfortable. All right. What was your first golf job? First golf job was was right out of college at uh, my neighbor kind of local neighborhood golf course. Unfortunately, it's since closed. This was uh, Anderson Country Club in Anderson, South Carolina. What were you doing there? I was uh, a little bit of everything. I would do some carts. I would check in people and at the counter, um, you know, just whatever I was asked to do, I was going to do it. Would you rather win an Oscar or a Grammy? Uh, you know, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but I, I probably couldn't tell you the difference in the two. So that's not a good reflection on me. Ha. Oscar's a movie, Grammar, Grammy's music. Okay, uh, I'm definitely going Oscar then because I have zero musical talent. Um, I feel like I can maybe act a little bit. All right, so this is a big week for this one. So on a scale of one to 10, rate your autograph. I mean, it's not a 10 by any means. I don't practice it very much, but um, I'm gonna go seven and a half. I practiced it a lot when I was about 10 or 11 years old. Very good. You'd make Arnold Palmer proud, I'm sure. You know, you got to uh, get... He's got a pretty clean one. Well, that was always his thing, you know, was that people should be able to read it. So. Yeah. And I try, you know, I certainly try to live by that. So I, I agree with that completely. Describe the ocean course in one word. Challenging. Biggest pet peeve on a golf course. Um, slow play. If you won the Wanamaker Trophy this week, where is one place you'd love to take it? I guess uh, MacArthur Golf Club would be a pretty good place to take it to start. I thought you might say uh, a Gamecocks football game. 
stand out well, at 50 yard line. Take it home first. I, I, I would enjoy it there. And I would certainly uh, enjoy taking it to, to back to South Carolina. That is for sure. Most interesting item you carry in your golf bag. It's probably isn't going to be popular in the New York, New Jersey area, but a, a Boston Red Sox ball marker. Um, they have a minor league team in Greenville, South Carolina, which was kind of in my backyard that I enjoyed going to. They had a uh, little replica of the green monster. And since then, I've gone to Fenway Park several times and have enjoyed uh, following the Red Sox. Favorite athlete from University of South Carolina all time? Well, probably the most notable football player is George Rogers. He won the Heisman. Um, so as far as a USC athlete, now while I was there, um, loved going to the basketball games. And one of my greatest sports memories at USC was when number one ranked Kentucky came in with John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, and they got upset by the South Carolina Gamecocks. We stormed the floor. It was an incredible atmosphere. Similar to the atmosphere that you're witnessing this week, I'm sure, you know? One more, when you hear the words PGA Championship, what's the first image that comes to mind? You know, probably the Wanamaker Trophy. It's so synonymous with the tournament. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's always in my lifetime had been uh, kind of glory's last shot, the final major, as it was typically played in August. Um, but now, now it's been moved to May. I think the trophy, I think people, you know, the British Open, the Claret Jug, obviously Augusta, you get the green jacket. I think the PGA Championship, you see that beautiful trophy as, as the champions raise it on Sunday. And that's a, that's a pretty memorable image. Well, you know what? For me and for my listeners, when we're watching this weekend, I think we're going to be thinking of you. So let's make the cut and let's get there on the weekend so we can watch you play. How's that sound, Patrick? Absolutely. That would be the goal. Uh, play a couple of good rounds and see how it stacks up for the weekend. All right. Well, we can't thank you enough for being on the pro show. Best of luck. Make some birdies out there. Watch that wind. Keith, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. It was great catching up with him this week. You know what else is great there, Wade Weezer? What? Today's interview was brought to you by B. Dratty. Let me tell you about my favorite B. Dratty item. You know it's the Chadwick Gingham Print button down. With built in memory collar stay and snappy, wrinkle resistant fabric. Snappy. It's super lightweight for warmer days. And I'm thinking about life in the low country down there on Kiowa sure. Island. And you and I are out on a porch with an umbrella drink, looking out over the ocean course, over Pete Dye's masterpiece. And we got a little gingham print button down shirt on. We are just, we're macking it right there, man. What do you think about that? We're snappy. Well, you know what? In order to be snappy, you could snag 25% off by just going to bdratty.com with the code KJS25. And it's exclusive to all my listeners. And you can order yourself a shirt and you can have the drip that Wade Weezer and the pro show host Keith Stewart have. You know, that's what the kids say these days. Is that what they say? That's what I'm told. That's fantastic. All right, let's get out of this, folks. We're fast approaching 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We're coming back to wrap up today's show with the weekly update worthy of a major championship.
Janae Ogumake. Players who've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision and we support her decision more importantly. And Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogumake and Mike Golick Jr. are Janae and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to ESPN 920. Hit it. Today's show is certainly going to be one to relive. So check out the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart. Subscribe and share with someone new. And you know you can listen anywhere at 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Just hit the Listen Now button. It's a fabulous Friday afternoon and a major championship week, which means we have to have a special weekly update. Special. Brought to you by our special partners from TaylorMade. You ever hit that one perfect iron shot and think, well, that's the one shot that will keep me coming back. Well, why does it have to be one shot? Why can't it be five or 10 or even 50 shots that keep you coming back? That was our inspiration when we designed the all new Sim 2 irons. Its unique catback design will give you more forgiveness and more distance more often. Feel what it's like to play with better irons with the all-new Sim 2s. Learn more about Sim 2 irons and to find a fitting near you, head to TaylorMadeGolf.com. Nothing bland about it. That's it. Coming over from across the pond in the European Tour, Richard Bland last weekend won his first European Tour event, the British Masters, in his 478th attempt after beating Guido Migliozzi in a playoff. Guido's at it again, right? Yeah. But Richard Bland, after 478 tries on the European Tour, 48 years old, right? They both finished 13 under par after 72 holes, Bland hitting like a 25-foot birdie putt on the last hole, right? And then uh, he had to wait a little while, and Migliozzi came in a little later, and they tied, and then he went out, and he won on the first playoff hole. Um, I think it's been something, you know, we talk about redemption all the time, speed. Never give up. Yeah, never give up. Well, 7,300 days, roughly, after his last victory on the European Challenge Tour in 2001, um, an emotional bland said, I've done it. And this was really a cool part of the whole thing. The winning interview was given by Sky Sky Sports reporter Tim Barber, 
who was also Bland's coach. <laughs> That's which so cool. was it was really cool. And uh, he took Bland over to a tablet screen and gave him a live Zoom call with his parents. And this epic moment it might just be one of the best. You know how we love European we tour do. content. Uh, this might just be one of the best pieces of content they've ever created yet. That's awesome. Never give up. Even if your name is Bland. <laughs> There's nothing bland about it. All right. Taking pride in your work. Down in Duluth, Georgia, Monday qualifier Dickie Pride won the Mitsubishi Electric Classic on PGA Tour Champions this past Sunday with a closing five under par 67 for a three-stroke victory. You know, making just his 11th senior start, the 51-year-old Pride had six birdies and an 11-hole stretch. He parred the final three holes to win at TPC Sugarloaf. A week after contending at the major prior, which was the region's tradition, in his home state of Alabama. And uh, he knew he was playing well, and he had this great final round, which sealed the deal. You know, I played a couple times with Dickie back in my Orlando days there, Wade. Did you? And uh, you talk about a regular guy. I know if you, if you saw him in a lineup, you'd never, you'd never guess this guy was a PGA Tour winner and now a PGA Tour Champions winner. So congrats, Dickie. Great win. Couldn't happen to a better guy. Tr- truly a great guy. What would, I, what would I guess he was if I saw him in a lineup? You know, somebody on the lighting aisle at Home Depot. I mean, <laughs> okay. seriously, he's just, a, he's just a normal guy. And he was a really great guy to hang out with. All right. I want to speak to your manager. Well, not this week. He's not here. Team of 20, PGA professional Derek Holmes, who made it a 30-foot par save on the final hole of April's PGA professional championship. He came in eighth, and he secured a spot in that team of 20. Well, he was an assistant pro at Delwood Country Club in Delwood, Minnesota from 2016 to 2020 until becoming a PXG Minneapolis store manager. And, uh, you know, Holmes uses this store indoors as his primary place of practice. And this will be his first PGA championship appearance. He says, I'm looking forward to being inside the ropes and outside, as it turns out, you know, rather than, a, you know, <laughs> You know, he says, my plan is to soak it all in and enjoy the experience. You know, sure. This is just another unbelievable story about one of these men competing this week. You know, the guy's a store manager, right? Yeah, and, and I, I admit it, too. Before I knew anything about this, you see these guys out there and you think, you know, they're loaded. <laughs> these guys, you know, everyone you see oh, with yeah. a golf club in their hand, you assume is filthy, stinking rich. Yeah, not so much. You know, I mean, in fact, he's he's earning reward points this week, you know, just for being there. <laughs> Let them play. It's an update. Well, Barstool came through where the NCAA didn't. Uh, we gave this story out where we talked about the Baton Rouge NCAA women's qualifier that got canceled. Well, and we mentioned that Barstool was going to try to put a tournament together. Well, in fact, that they did with an amazing gesture by Sam Riggs Bozoyan and Barstool. They faithfully put together their network with sponsors, volunteers. It all came together. They made it happen. They got NCAA approval and the, the players have been treated as world class athletes. I really enjoyed the welcome video they put together, which showed showed athletes such as Justin Thomas, J.J. Watt, Max Homa, Michelle Wee West, Annika. You know, the tournament will actually conclude uh, this afternoon at the Whirlwind Golf Club in Arizona. Congratulations to everyone involved. You know, as someone like myself who has organized tournaments more than half my life, I'm, I'm just absolutely amazed by all of this. I mean, not, not that Barstool could run a tournament but that they had to, right? You know, I mean, I guess now it's only a matter of time before the NCAA championships aren't sponsored by Barstool Sports. They are run by them. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're there. Yeah. I, just, just a great move by them. The force is strong in this one. 
Well, Adam Shupak from Golf Week is reporting that Bryson DeChambeau, while he spent a little time on SiriusXM's PGA Tour Network show with Gary McCord and Drew Stoltz, brought up the fact that he went from science to science fiction. DeChambeau talks about in detail an experience he had with his instructor, Chris Como, that during the pandemic last year, he was in his backyard in Texas when he saw three little silver metallic discs moving in the distance. He said, they're all moving in a triangular shape. DeChambeau, it kept commenting on. He goes, we were out there for literally, you know, an hour thinking, what the heck is this? You know, and then five minutes later, they were gone. Well, you know what, this one, this wasn't the only experience that DeChambeau and his family has had with UFOs. You know, when his dad was growing up in Nevada, he also had an experience with witnessing UFOs, you know, and toward the end of the conversation, DeChambeau turned philosophical and he says, I think more and more people want to know about this and what it could potentially do for our world. I mean, shoot, if anything, it could bring us world peace. Really, honestly, bring us all together, unite us together and just realize that we are a human race. I think it would be the greatest thing that could ever happen. And uh, of course, Mr. Wade Weezer, this is all just further proof that golf messes with your brain. Wow. <laughs> also, hasn't he ever seen Independence Day? <laughs> oh, man, I tell you. It'll be united, all right, when they're exploding the Empire State Building. I know how this ends. Welcome to Earth. All right. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> if you build it, they will be coming. Well, PGA CEO Seth Waugh on Tuesday, as he gave his State of the Union during PGA Championship Week, says he expects a full fan experience at the Ryder Cup when the event is played this September from the 24th to the 26th at Whistling Straits near Kohler, Wisconsin. He says, we've worked with the industry in the last year to postpone it, but now, you know, we have every hope and every desire that we are working hard enough to make it an absolute full fan experience. We're working, obviously, with the state and local governments to have all these conversations. It's going to be a fluid, but our plan is to have the Ryder Cup in a way that is the greatest Ryder Cup in history. I think the world has ever seen. He goes, at the end of the day, we are ready to have one big party. You know, well, there's no doubt the Ryder Cup typically has the most raucous, is the most raucous event in golf with an upward of 30 to 40,000 spectators on site per day. Right? And if they can make the Olympics happen, well, hopefully when we get to September, this will be one of the great events in golf. A great sort of exclamation point to the end of this thing, Seth went on to say. You know, we think it's going to happen fast from here, certainly from a U.S. perspective. And I realize the world still has a lot of challenges out there. But from a PGA perspective, we're really hopeful we'll be able to pull it off. Well, I love the way I put it. A way to celebrate the end of this thing. Thanks to the PGA and all the leaders in golf, without our fabulous game, who knows where our sanity may have gone. Back to that word normal. Might might have gone down the Bryson wormhole. (laughs) I certainly can't wait for the party. (laughs) Folks, that's your pro show update for the PGA Championship Week ending May 21st, 2021. Now, before we sign off, we got to thank our sponsors. New Jersey Golf Foundation in the first segment, Summit Golf Brands for their interview today, and also TaylorMade Golf for the weekly update. Next week on the Pro Show, we're heading out to the West Coast, the left coast there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Yeah, that's the up. We have the host of the United States Women's Open, the director of golf at the Olympic Club in San Francisco, their PGA professional, Will Hutter. So I'm looking forward to catching awesome. catching up with Will, which is going to be cool. Thanks, of course, to you on the board today and all the different things that you were doing with tremendous aplomb, of course. And most importantly, you know I love my listeners. So spread the word and let's get some more of those listeners out there, folks. Now, whether it's the wind on the course 
down there at Kiowa Island or some other pesky situation. Before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about things that annoy you. Your focus determines your mood. Pay attention to positive moments. Keep them in your memory. When something bothers you, pull one of those thoughts out and improve your attitude. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.